Welcome to the Real Life Fitness Stories podcast. I'm your host, Scott Roberts. Stick around for inspiring real-life stories of incredible resilience and achievement. Thank you for listening. Let's be inspired. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another amazing episode of Real Life Fitness Stories. I am Scott Roberts. As usual, we have an amazing guest for you. Um, I'm going to call her my Bayer's... Well, we've got the... Costa del Sol's greatest yoga teacher, um, <laughs> Margaret Holland. <laughs> I'm allowed to, I know you're not allowed to say that. I'll say it for you. How are no you? <laughs> I'm good, thanks, Scott. How are you? I'm very well. Um, a bit rushed, but I'm very good. Thank you for coming on. You're welcome. Thank you for asking. So Margaret has very kindly come on to speak to us about her journey into yoga, how yoga has changed her life as such. Um, around 2011 was when it started, um, a marriage ended, she was going through a tough period in her life, and that's where her, her yoga life as such, becoming a teacher, traveling the world, um, studying, um, began. Um, so we're going to talk about that and kind of where it has led to now. Can you just kind of go back to that time before you you started your education process and just kind of touch on how life was and, and what led you to go into the yoga side of things? Yeah, sure. Well, my um, I first practiced yoga when I was pregnant with my eldest daughter, who's now 34. And I was, at the time I was a gym bunny and I liked to run. And, at the, and exercise for me at that time was all about being slim, you know, keeping my weight down, if I'm honest. And um, I'm, at the time Madonna was um, really into yoga and I, she, I thought I want arms like her. <laughs> so I have to, and then I was pregnant and I couldn't run, you know, I couldn't do my normal. So I thought, okay, I'll go along and try this, this yoga. Um, and it was okay. I wasn't blown away or take because that was for me at that point. It was purely physical. It was to keep my exercise regime. I was always worried about my weight as a young woman, um, and and it was about that. But I didn't continue with it regularly. So I've had the baby. I went back to running, back to the gym. Uh, and it wasn't really until I got much older, uh, maybe in my mid-40s, that I started practicing regularly. And um, when I moved here, um, which was about 13 years ago, I was only here uh, a short time and my marriage broke up. And it was a really dark time for me. I was depressed. I was very insecure. I was drinking too much, self-soothing. Um and at the time, my ex-husband and I were in the restaurant business, and I had to leave the restaurant that we were running at that time because he was a more important part of it than I was. So I'd only been here, you know, less than a year. I was very isolated, um, and um, I thought, I've got to change my life. Um, I can't, I've, I've got to be away from the restaurant trade. I knew that I wanted to be healthier. Um, but I think what I was really seeking was um, just peace of mind, you know. Um, 
So I decided I'd been practicing yoga and I decided that I would go and do a, a teacher training course. And um, so I went to Thailand and I did uh, a teach. I liked hot yoga because I, I used to run a lot, um, but I was getting a lot of hip pain. But the hot yoga gave me a buzz. The way I run would give me a buzz. So I decided that that's what I wanted to teach. So I went off to Thailand for a month and immersed myself in a teacher training in the hot yoga. And it was, I loved it. It was transformative. When I came back to Marbella, I was no longer in the restaurant trade, um, but there was no hot studios here. So I started teaching on the beach. And, um, you know, it really gave me a focus and a purpose. It took my mind off my marriage breakup um, about the same time I stopped drinking um, and it gave me a purpose and a focus of studying as well as the practice um, but it was you know it was like a Bikram style practice which is really quite hardcore um, really challenging you know I was able to do it physically but when I came to teach it I found because I was a bit old I didn't do my first teacher training until I was this was when I was 50 I was always, you know, decades older than uh, everybody else in the teacher training, but I, at first I felt, oh, God. But actually, I remember my first trainer saying to me, Margaret, is an advantage because you've got life experience. And that has absolutely uh, rung true for me. It, it, it has been an advantage. But I found that when I was uh, teaching this style of yoga, that it was hard for my clients because I was older, they tended to be older, I'm British, they tended to be British, and um, there's a lot of older Brits are, that I haven't done any exercise for a long time, so I didn't have the experience to modify the poses, so I, I, I realised then that my journey as a teacher, as a yoga instructor, was really only just beginning, um, and I really had to try and learn more and find different forms of yoga that I, I felt was all-inclusive I wanted you know everyone to come and feel oh that was you know I can do that instead of going away feeling I'm no good at yoga because that's not what it's about and this is still the point where I was only looking at at it as a physical exercise uh, I knew that I had to you know find a way to modify it so I went on another course to, I did a vinyasa flow course in Bali um, which was a wonderful experience. Um, but it wasn't until I found Strala Yoga, which is really what I mainly uh, teach now, that um, it, I, I felt as though, ah, this is it. I've, I've, this is for me. Because um, I felt, I went on, I started following this teacher online, Sarah Styles, who is the founder. And it was very flowing and gentle it was all about softening and um this is amazing so I started incorporating it incorporating it into my classes with a good response you know um and then I decided to go to uh, their school in New York and do their teacher training uh, but this time I'd been divorced for a couple of years and I was starting to feel better um I was starting to feel, uh, you know, I was getting over my my depression. I wasn't drinking anymore. I was building up a community of my own that was separate from my ex-husband. Um, so I was starting to feel a little bit 
uh, more connected, more like I was fit, fitting in. And um, and I did. I went to New York and I did this course, and it just changed my whole practice. It changed my whole philosophy of exercise and movement, and it helped me get over. And if there's any, you you're a fitness instructor, Scott, uh, you you'll get this imposter syndrome that so many new fitness instructors, yoga teachers suffer from. With Strava, it felt so good in my body that I suddenly had this confidence to be able to pass it on because I felt really that it had helped me um, and, and I, I felt authentic. I know that's a cheesy word, but that, that's what I got from that course. And um, also, because it felt so good, it brought with it in my body, it, it brought with it this um, calmness in my mind. So I started to get into the the other side of the fitness, more body than mind. As a young woman, all I was worried about was what shape I was in, and and um, and if it didn't make me sweat, it was going to, wasn't going to make me lose weight, and all this sort of stuff. But I really started to get the connection between mind and body, and get the connection between mental well-being and physical well-being, and 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 that's what Strala did for me, and I feel very strongly now that it doesn't need to hurt you know i'm 61 i don't want to be um running for you know eight miles or or, or beating myself up um on a physical way i want to look after my body i want to keep everything moving everything mobile i want to enjoy my exercise as well so from that very dark time when i was really um, isolated in a bad place mentally as well as physically because I, I wasn't looking after myself I, you know I was uh, heartbroken drinking too much um, my journey over the past 12 years has really been one of a mental transformation as well as a physical transformation and that's what that's what the practice has done for me it really brought me to a place where I feel I've got something to say. I feel that I'm, I'm, I'm more confident in what I teach and what I instruct. And I'm really passionate about people not feeling um, intimidated by yoga because it's not all about standing on your head or doing a, a back bend. It's much more than that. Rick, just listening to you talk there, <clears throat> if you replace the word yoga with personal training, that is basically me speaking about me entering the personal training business because how old did you say you was 50 when you started yeah right so okay <laughs> you're gonna laugh at this then i i entered when i was 29 30 and i thought i was too old then um, because <laughs> <laughs> i remember going i had to fly to england to do some exams and looking at the gym personal training wall and every personal trainer, I think the oldest was 22. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God. And they had, they obviously had a little biography about themselves and then some qualifications. And all the, there was about six or seven qualifications under every name. Now I actually realize a lot of them qualifications are a complete load of rubbish and don't mean anything. 
But I remember yeah. looking at that wall, just thinking, "Oh my god, like I'm t- I'm too old for this." Blah blah blah. But you were right in that. I don't think it was life experience people were coming to me for. It was there was just people my age or older yeah. coming yeah. to me because I was similar of a similar age to them, and they didn't and actually. Yeah, relatable, and yeah. they didn't actually want a twenty-year-old trainer because they were exactly. by forty. And then, yeah. like, kind of as what you touched on about how you started teaching, you soon realised people actually want or need something different, and you have to adapt because you get you yeah. get that initial qualification and think, right, I'm set here, I know everything, and then you start dealing with humans. And you mm-hmm. suddenly realise you know absolutely nothing, and what you actually need to know is probably not what you've been taught. Yeah, yeah, so absolutely. Just one question: thirty-four years ago, when you did yoga, mm-hmm. obviously yoga is everywhere now. You can't move through a yoga studio. There's probably yeah. more yoga studios and CrossFit boxes around the place. How actually, how easy was it for you to actually start doing yoga and find somewhere? It wasn't that easy. And I lived at that time, I lived in a, an island in the Channel Islands called Guernsey, which is only small, population of about 60,000. And there was a few, in fact, it was in a church hall. It was in a drafty church hall on the other side of the island. But I only went because I was like six months pregnant and I, 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 I was worried about, you know, um, how my body was changing with pregnancy and uh, I thought I've got to do something I've got to do something so I went along to this yoga class and I remember <laughs> sitting in the class feeling so sick because I struggled really badly with uh, morning stroke all day sickness with all of my pregnancies I remember sitting in there thinking oh my god I'm gonna throw up <laughs> I'm gonna throw up and I really really didn't enjoy it because I felt I felt, and I talk about this a lot in the classes today, we are, I feel that our culture is such that if you're not pushing and forcing and trying as hard as you possibly can, you're cheating. And I have to, in my classes, I, I say that to my client, this is the total opposite of that. I want you to completely soften and relax and don't try too hard. I want you to allow your body to be soft and movable um, to keep the um, keep yourself in what I hope you're in, which is the parasympathetic, the flow state, the rest and digest. Um, and I want you to I want to keep my my class, my clients in that state for the whole hour. And it's very difficult for them, especially men, actually. It's very difficult for them to to actually think that they're doing a themselves any good, that they're not cheating. You know, they have this. We as the culture have this mindset that if you're not forcing and pushing, you're cheating. You know, so getting people to realize that being soft and relaxed in their body is actually doing them some good, um, it is hard. But that first class was long time ago in a dusty gym and I hated it <laughs> I was only there uh, because I felt that's probably the only option but it's such it's so interesting to to see how my view of moving your body and keeping ourselves well 
has changed dramatically. And I can completely relate to people that think they've got to do that um, because I did. Um, but the benefits that, that, that I get from having changed my mindset, that's the most important thing is the mindset. And the benefits I get from changing my mindset has been phenomenal because I was always a big girl. I was always a little bit overweight. I was your Bridget Jones. I was always 10 pounds overweight, too curvy, uh, thought I was fat, thought that life would be amazing if I got if I stayed slim. Um, and it was that change of mindset. And and since you know this sort of metamorphosis has come around, I've never had to worry about my weight, you know? So it's really interesting and i love um i love it when people get a great feeling from doing a movement class be it yoga or you know pilates or qigong or you know it, it it's a mindset and, and the term yoga in those days was just kind of half the yoga now like you say there's yoga studios everywhere and that, that's really an umbrella term there's so many different styles and so many different schools of yoga. Um, it's about finding something that, uh, finding a class, a style, and a teacher that you can resonate with, that you have a connection with, that you believe. You know, and I'm sure it's the same in your industry. And um, <laughs> Again, th this could be me speaking because... Obviously, I talk, especially from a dieting, well, dieting and exercise, actually, you know, yeah. I'm often saying you shouldn't, you, actually, no, there's a lot of people saying you shouldn't be doing this and you should be doing that. And this is the best way. And we've all got our views and some people have stronger views than others. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, we're trying to help someone. And we can only help someone if we get buy-in from that client or the member of the class or whatever and that, yeah. only, that only comes down to trust so yeah. if you trust someone you're going to go away and do what they say now mm -hmm. we could argue some of the like the 10 20 percent of what they're saying could be wrong as long as it's not dangerous yeah does it, does it really matter you know yeah. you have trust in that person that person is getting you doing something that is massively positive for you mentally and physically. That that really all it comes down to that that that's the all that really matters, isn't it? It really is. It's a, it it's having that connection and like you say that trust. And um, I think that you can you can inspire that in someone when you when it's proved and you prove to yourself that it works. You know, um, I remember when I first, um, and this was, you know, only about 12, 13 years ago, but when I first started um, teaching and the style of teaching that I had trained to do was like a Bikram style popular class where the teachers have to learn the dialogue and they have to repeat it verbatim, you know. Um, so it's not your words coming out of your mouth, it's someone else's words. Um, and I think back now to some of the things that I said there, and they're just, I cringe, you know, <laughs> I cringe about what I said, because it, it wasn't my words and it didn't ring true to me. It was only with experience and trying different styles 
that I, I found my own voice and I found um I found what worked for me in my body and then I really had that gave me confidence because I knew that what I was saying was true you know and and only then did I feel that I became a good yoga teacher because I knew that it worked for me not going to work for everyone everyone's different and I do respect different schools and different styles of yoga and all sorts of exercise it's finding as a as an instructor as a teacher I found what works for me is what I should be teaching because I can do that with authenticity you know and and and, and be truthful um but it's not to knock other styles everyone's different it's just it's finding life is all about connection isn't it really and <clears throat> if you find a connection with someone um and you can be honest and truthful then your classes are going to be or your teachings are going to be authentic that's what that's what i feel anyway it took me it took, it's taken me to get to nearly 60 to believe in myself but you've got to feel it in your own body i think you, you've potentially answered my next question. You, you've talked about that mindset shift in yourself. Where did that come from? Because many women of all ages listen to what you've said will resonate with you in regards to always feeling like you was a little bit overweight, e exercising to be skinny, um, and all those kind of things, and always feeling like you had to push yourself because I've got clients all the time that will message me and say, Scott, I'm, I'm going to do some yoga today or I'm going to do Pilates. Does that count? And I'm like, yeah. yeah, it does because you're doing something. And yeah. something something I've been pushing for the past couple of years is, especially since I've been out of the gym and, well, out of working in gyms as such and broadening what my clients do from an exercise point of view is just, do what you enjoy, do what you can do consistently. And my weight loss clients, we just let the diet side of things um, cover the weight loss. But that mindset shift in yourself and in, in regards to how you look at your body and exercise, where did that come from specifically for you? Was it just getting older and wiser? Was it someone something you just learned through yoga? Was it a mixture of all of it? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question because that's the crux of it for me. Um, I think one of the big things is consistency for me. Um, because I was uh, teaching, I was moving my body every day. But, um, but, but what I always say to my clients was, if you only do five minutes a day, that's fine, but just be consistent. You know, just like, and I know that consistency for me helped tremendously. Um, consistently moving my joints, my spine, um, even if, like I say, it was only for five or 10 minutes, because what happens after that five or 10 minutes, you, you start to feel a bit better and the chances are you'll do another five minutes. But even if you don't, it takes away that mental block of, oh, God, I haven't done anything for days. This is going to hurt. Or, oh, well, you know, it's like you have one cookie. I might as well eat the whole tin. So if you consistently move for five minutes a day, it takes away that mental block of 
haven't done this, I've failed, I've, I've, you know, I can't catch up, I've gone, I've, I've missed my exercise, so I might as well forget it. Five minutes, we've all got five minutes, and that five minutes count. I mean, recently, I've, um, well, for the past two, three years, I've been studying Qigong, because Strala Yoga is very influenced by the ancient Chinese healing arts, like Qigong, Tai Chi is more relatable, most people know what Tai Chi is, and that is all about, uh, that can be practiced by anyone, it doesn't matter their physical state, and just five minutes a day makes a huge difference about, very much about keeping the energy flowing through your body because of, they believe in traditional Chinese medicine that uh, stagnation in the body is the start of problems like arthritis in the joints and stuff like that. So that really resonated with me. And it went very, you know, it was Estrella that led me onto that, that down that journey as well. And again, it's all about ease. We say in Qigong and in Strala, if it doesn't feel good, back off, soften. It should feel nice in your body. And, if, and also I, I find in certain forms of, I'm talking about yoga now, but it could go for any kind of exercise. Um, as I said before, if you don't push and force, you're cheating. Um, it, it, there's no burning through pain to get to the other side in my world, in planet Strala, in planet Qigong. Burning through pain is ignoring messages that your body is sending you. Of course, we have to push ourselves to a certain degree to improve. But if you've got a pain in your shoulder or your knee, don't ignore it. You know, it's your body sending you a message. Listen to it. And that really strengthened my mind-body connection I started listening to myself and in a way I started trusting myself more that I knew better than the person that was instructing me and that was a part a big part of the the, the mindset change but it's all inside me I know I don't need to be told and for me that was massive because I didn't have a lot of um, self-confidence as a young person didn't have a lot of self-esteem, I think, which is a problem with a lot of, particularly women that are not in the first flush of youth anymore. Um, so that getting that mind-body connection, going inside and really starting to listen to my body, what feels good, what hurts. I I have the, the I'm good enough to listen to myself and change that. And that, that was a big part of the mind shift change that I could, to trust myself because I think that's why many people come to a class or come to a private uh, fitness instructor they don't trust themselves you know they think I've, I've got it all wrong look at me but it's it's um it's consistency first and then really listening to what's going on in your body and knowing that it's fine to react to that like back off if your knee's hurting you know so that that gave me the confidence and to to change my my mindset does that make sense that complete sense no that that was a brilliant answer and your own um body acceptance and how that has improved i, su I suppose there's two points to this question has that come from just seeing and feeling how your body has reacted to yoga so you can feel yourself getting stronger, more flexible, more durable. 
or is there certain parts of again the umbrella term of yoga in what that has instilled in you in regards to how you do accept your body so is it yeah one is it coming from getting good at it two is there parts of the yoga learning that has helped you accept your body um i with yoga i i think it's not about getting good at it i mean you can be i can't do a handstand you know i always try i can't do it um there's, there's things that I can do. This, I can do things like the splits easily because my body is such that my hamstrings are quite open. But there are things I'll never be able to do. And it doesn't matter. And that took me a long time to, to get a hold of that. Um, it's not about getting good at it. For me, it's about consistency, even if it's only five minutes. And it's about enjoying it. Um, so it doesn't matter whether that's yoga or whatever whatever exercise you're trying to introduce into your life you have to enjoy it and it has to feel good in your body and it shouldn't hurt it shouldn't be injurious you know I know a lot of people that uh, have gone to a hardcore vinyasa class for instance and where the instructors at the front and saying to them from a forward fold okay now jump back into a plank um, and they've, they've hurt their back as most, I think, humans would, unless they have super strong abs, which, you know, I certainly don't. And I'm a healthy daily practitioner, but I wouldn't jump from, you know, I wouldn't do that because I hurt myself. So they do something like that. They're instructed to do something like that. And then they're out of it. They can't do anything for six months. You know, it's for me, it's really important to that the movement is safe. Um, it's not injurious. And it's within their comfort zone I always say dance around the edge of your comfort zone try something if it doesn't feel good back off soften and then you know if you stay safe that comfort zone is going to expand um so you know maybe that's just getting older as well a lot of my clients are older and I don't want them to injure myself but I do know young people that come to me because they've not done anything for months because they've hurt their back or their hip or something and they want to get gradually back into the whole exercise thing slowly which is fine, but they keep coming back because it feels good. What they've done, is it, it, it feels good. And a lot of that as well is the way we breathe, the way we breathe in yoga, the way we breathe in Qigong, the way we breathe when we're in the rest and digest state. Most of us live these days in, in low-grade stress, you know, where they're breathing through the mouth and they're breathing high into their chest. That's another thing that has helped calm my monkey mind down and um, and helped me go go inside. Do you know what I mean by that? It sounds cheesy, I know. But when you breathe stress, there's no way you can connect with what's going on in your head because you're all over the place. When you bring yourself into a calmer state, you can you can start to feel uh, more quiet, more calm inside. Uh, yeah, just <clears throat> as an, I suppose, a blanket um, term in regards to the fitness industry as such. So yourself, me, other coaches, whatever, whatever sport or activity it may be. 
again, we have a responsibility for those people that come to us. Um, and very often people get it wrong, whether it, and more, more often than not, it's starting that person at a level they're not actually able to do. So it makes them... Or maintain. Maybe they can do it, but they can't maintain it. You know yeah, a... yeah, so it they don't enjoy it. It knocks their confidence because they can't do it. It makes them very sore or long-term it risks an injury. So they then yeah. can't stay consistent with that. So, you know, there's, there's many parts of the industry that are at fault for something that they keep preaching about. They keep telling yeah. people to be consistent, but when someone comes to them, they make their, that, that experience miserable, so they don't want to be consistent with it. Yeah. On, on the flip side of that is the general public who never... When you start something, there will always be a level of... You're, basically, you're going to be shit at it. You know, when, when someone comes to your class for the first time, they're going to be rubbish. When someone goes for a run for the first time, they're going to be out of breath. Their legs are going to hurt. Now, that's maybe not doing it at a level that is too high for them at the point. It's just because they're at the start of their journey. And yeah. they, never, yeah. they never actually push through that beginning level of uncomfortableness to mm -hmm. then get to the point where they're getting good at it. They're getting more confident in themselves. And they can then, as it were a good point about exploring, I can't remember how you worded it, exploring your... Edge of your comfort zone. Yeah. When, you yeah. start to, when you start to improve, that edge of your comfort zone actually gets a bit wider because you can, start, you can start pushing yourself more, you can start experiencing things a bit more, you can start exactly. venturing out to different... You start at one level of yoga, you start experience different levels of yoga. But pe yeah. people never actually get past that start point because because it does hurt. And it, once you push through that difficult bit, your world opens up to you, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And the amount of people that say, oh, I can't, I, I'm not going to come to yoga and rubbish. I can't touch my toes. I'm not good enough. Um, I also sit at the back of the class and then no one will see you. Um, and, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, and pain and muscular pain the next day after a good workout, I still get it. And it's, you know, although it, ah, it hurts, it's still nice. We all, we feel like we've done something. So I'm not against pushing yourself to in that way, but, um, I, I absolutely get that. But I mean, I think what I'm thinking about here is, um, I, I've worked in studios before that are a bit cliquey. Do you know what I mean by that? You go in and you're immediately intimidated because you're either expecting everybody in Jesus sandals to or burning incense and, you know, meditating, or there's the other, there's the, the hardcore vinyasa flow where they're standing on their hands and back. You know, I think it's really important and someone comes to your class or your gym or whatever is that you, they feel um included they don't they go away with a positive experience they might not have um taken their fitness level up a little bit in, in that first thing that first class but they feel that was a good experience you know i feel welcome i feel encouraged 
And, um, oh, I think I can do this. That's what I want. I want people to feel that they can do this. And, of course, once you start to um, relax in the environment that you're in and you feel that you've got confidence in whoever's instructing you or the group that are around you, then you can start to, I always say, you know, move you, if, if we're in some kind of stretch, I say make sure you don't go to your full 100% stretch where you can't move anymore. Because when you get there, you're not going to be able to move and you're not going to be able to breathe fully. Back off, leave some wiggle room so you can move around. And this really goes for, for, for any kind of exercise. Don't go to 100%. Leave some room to explore, whether it be a hip stretch or whatever you're doing. Leave some room to explore. And then you move around and you dance around the edge of your comfort zone. And the more relaxed you are, the more your brain is going to re release hormones that tell your body there's no danger here. You don't need to run away from a saber-toothed tiger. Everything's safe. So your body releases hormones that allows, your brain releases hormones that allows your body to start to open up. And that's when your comfort zone begins to expand. And you can take that physically as well as mentally. You know, you can physically start to expand your flexibility and you can mentally start to feel that you can go a little bit further. You know, that you're not going to embarrass yourself. You're not going to hurt yourself. So... I think that it's a, it's a holistic thing. It's, you know, I'm not against hardcore exercise. I'm not against working until you feel some muscle pain. I mean, we all like that. Don't we all get up in the morning and think, oh, I, I work quite hard. Or you feel you're, you know, it's nice to feel that, but it's doing it safely, which I think is really important. And not only safely, it's doing it without making your client or your, you know, who, whoever you're working with, feel negative about themselves and about their body. So, um, you know, it, it, it's about baby steps. There's a great book called Atomic Habits. Have you read it? Atomic Habits. I, have, I forget yeah. the name. Yeah, the great book. Very baby steps. Yeah. yeah. So but again, those baby steps, is, I think consistency is important. You know, not every day. I don't, I have a Sunday and I do nothing on a Sunday most of the time. But if you can every other day or five days a week, whatever suits your schedule, I, I think is that, that, that's a big thing for me. It's um, consistency. Cool. Um, I know you're short on time, so we're just going to finish with one final question or point. Because the whole, po the whole message of this podcast as such is people getting inspiration from normal people as such. Um, yeah. And... And, and getting out of their comfort zone and, and doing things that are maybe a little bit scary but could potentially change their whole life. You you really change your whole life around at 50 years old. And, and there's people probably who may be the same age or even younger, stuck in a rut, um, miserable, you know, may, maybe not as far as depressed and everything else, but they're unhappy with their life thinking this is just the way it's going to be it's too late now you really change you change careers you mentioned your whole social circle is increased because you've attracted the people that you want to attract via who you are as a person and your teachings so 
just quickly talk about how your life has changed and I suppose a little message for anyone that's maybe in the same boat. Yeah, that's a that's a that's the whole thing, isn't it? The whole philosophy. Um, and I think if I could say something to my younger self when I was in that dark place, um, it would be believe in yourself. You know, uh, find something that you enjoy doing uh, and do it regularly. Um, doesn't need to be, you know, for hours at a time. Just just get start finding. A, a, a regular pattern and that physical thing that we do for five minutes a day or 10 minutes every other day that starts to um, affect your self-image and affect how you think about yourself you know um yeah I mean I was 50 I had three children I was in the restaurant business um but I was always uh a follower rather than a leader you know it was I mean my ex-husband was a successful restaurateur and he was the driving force of the business and I was happy to follow him but I'd never done anything really on my own and uh, I was 50 I was divorced uh, I, I wasn't in a great shape mentally or physically and I just started slowly and um consistency and looking after myself physically led to my greatest change which is mentally do you know what I mean by that so I mean I'm also and I know that um one of your strong strengths and what makes you so popular is that you're so down to earth and you tell people it doesn't have to be all or nothing you know I love that attitude it doesn't need to be all off the wagon sometimes be it with food or exercise and other things but just get up and start with five minutes a day and and that consistency those little baby steps start to change what's in here because i think it all yeah. it all starts with the head even it's funny i was reading an article yesterday about how um what we eat affects us mentally much more than we realize so all these little tiny steps of self-care, you know, lead us to having a more positive mindset. So, and it's never too late. I mean, like I say, I changed careers at, at, at 50. Um, I got divorced at 50. I've now, you know, I have a new, I have a new husband now, a new life, a new career. And, you know, I feel as though my life is just beginning, you know, certainly the, the third third of it. <laughs> think, um, my um, husband was saying to me the other day, we're 60. We should be thinking about retirement. I said, it's just, this is the third part of our life. It's just beginning. <laughs> I, I think people feel like they need to be motivated and disciplined to get started. And that's actually the wrong way around. Like getting started is obviously the Amazing. most important thing and just get it done. But the motivation and discipline actually comes a bit further down the line because obviously make, taking that first step is the hardest. And that gives you motivation to carry on. And then yeah. as you see the benefits, that obviously gives you more motivation and more discipline. Through the journey, you will overcome certain pitfalls. And I think this is part of the importance of, especially my side of things, having a coach when they experience the pitfalls with me, 
so they've got someone to hold their hand through them that then gives them that gives them the confidence to get through them on their own because yeah support is very important yeah yeah. so support is really important yeah sorry scott what were you going to say there Uh, to be honest i was just going to go off on a um a self advert actually but, please do please do I've said my piece get started <laughs> the motivation and discipline then comes from taking action and seeing yourself change and improve that's all I was going to say finding someone that you have a connection with that you trust like yourself like you know I, I've made so many friends through my yoga that started as clients but they're now dear dear friends um, because that you know you're you, you've find somebody you resonate with and um, in fact one of the the chaps came to um his his wife his partner comes to yoga and her husband came to you the other day for uh, uh you know a, a, just starts, an introduction starts at the gym tomorrow oh does he yeah <laughs> but he came back to the gym. what was interesting is he came back to the beach where we were doing yoga and he said such a nice guy so down to earth really uh, connected with them. You know, he's a, he's a little bit older than you, I think. But yeah. that's what it's all about. You know, he felt you motivated him. You made him feel comfortable. That's what I like to do with my my clients. It's not about, this is what I can do. I can do this with my body. It's not about that. It's about making them feel comfortable with you. Um, it's not about what you can do. You know, it's about, and I think that's the difference between uh, being an older coach, teacher, should I say? You know, it, it, we much we have the ability because we're parents, because we're older, we have the ability to turn the focus off us and put it onto the client, which is uh, which is is a gift that comes with being a little bit more mature. I would think in our industry, you know, we know that when you're younger, you you know. You're, uh, or, or if you've been out of exercise for a while, you're going to be nervous. You know, you want people to feel comfortable with you. I think that's really important. Well, we'll leave it there. You've got to go. So thank you very much. Um, I'm sure, well, I know ev- everyone will take something away from that. You've been absolutely amazing, Margaret. So thank you very much. Thank you for asking me, Scott. It's an absolute pleasure.